Welcome back to another episode of Northeastern Next, a showcase for the stories, talents, and thoughtful insights of our university's current and future alumni. I'm your host, Caitlin, a current DMR McKim graduate student. Today, I'm here with Elkie Tomes. Elkie graduated from Northeastern in 2018 with a Bachelor's of Arts in English. Elkie is an LA-based comedian and writer, performing stand-up at clubs throughout the country. In addition to comedy, Elkie's written plays that have been produced in Los Angeles, Boston, Minneapolis, and Richmond, and she's had poems featured in various Boston-based publications. Welcome, Elkie. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. So, Tell me about your time at Northeastern. What were your experiences like there for your undergrad degree? I know Northeastern is also where you first gave comedy a try. So I would love to hear how that came about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So let's see. I started at Northeastern in 2013. Uh, I did the full five years. And as a freshman, I started out actually as a psychology major. I wasn't, you know, totally set on what I wanted to do at the time. And it seemed like a good place to start, but I had always been interested in writing. And I think I almost viewed psychology as like, maybe I can, you know, get to know different types of people and write better characters. I was being very strategic about it. And then very quickly, uh, it became clear that I actually should switch to English because writing was always what I was interested in. So then I became an English major, I think technically during my Midler year. So my third out of the five years, I started stand up at a class at Improv Boston, actually around then around my third year and uh, sort of took it on a whim. That's sort of where the stand-up journey started for me. Um, but I just loved my time as a Husky. I very much love Northeastern. So That's awesome. And it sounds like after doing that class at Improv Boston, you started getting involved in stand-up around campus. Is that right? Yeah. So I did the class at Improv Boston, um, again, kind of on a whim, and I really loved it. And I sort of went through this phase. I like to joke that I was... Um, hooking up with comedy for a while where I would like do it. And then I'd be like, that was really fun. Uh, I, but I'll never do it again. Uh, and then six months would go by and I'd be like, I kind of have the urge to do that again. And what was cool is around that time, Northeastern actually started doing a stand-up competition, which I believe was called Last Husky Standing. And that was one of those occasions where like many months later, I did stand up again and was just like, oh, I do really like this. And it definitely was one of those stepping stones that encouraged me to start like reaching out to venues around Boston. I performed at Laugh Boston a few times. I did win. I'm doing air quotes. The last Husky standing, uh, I believe it was held in after hours. I loved it. I had a wonderful time. So yeah, it was definitely one of those stepping stones in the early days that made me feel like, oh, not only do I really love this, but you know, maybe there is a little bit of a future here. That's so cool. Did you ever have any fears at the beginning of you know getting on stage those first few times? Any stage fright? And how did you overcome it if you did? Or do you not overcome it? Do you just kind of live with it and joke about it and make the best of it as you're going in, in your set? 
Yeah, totally. It's funny because I always think if I could go back to like my elementary school self, she would die if she knew that I was doing this um, because like for fun, because if I back in the day, if I had a book report that like ruined my week, Uh, just the idea of standing in front of people for even two minutes uh, to summarize something that I knew very well was terrifying. And ultimately, I think it was that roller coaster like adrenaline rush that drew me towards it. I hate actual roller coasters. But for stand-up, I think it created that same uh, endorphin hit. So definitely super felt the nerves with stand-up. It is now at a much more manageable. Uh, I like to think I'm still getting a little bit of that, you know, positive, like, yeah, that was so cool and energy around it without uh, being terrified, uh, which of course comes from not doing it once every six months and instead doing it many times a week. At Northeastern, though, I definitely was facing some of that initial stage fright. But I was also a Husky ambassador. I was a campus tour guide. So that at least mentally, I had already started doing that. And I think that actually helped me get over the initial like scary stuff as a comic where you're like, how am I going to talk to people for 15 minutes straight? I'm like, well, I talk about Northeastern for an hour straight. So talking about me shouldn't be that hard. I guess just, you know, trying to get started with any sort of public speaking is a really good catalyst to getting more comfortable in front of a larger crowd. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the more you do it, the more comfortable it gets. I think any standup, I mean, most will tell you like we, we still get nervous. Like it would be weird if you didn't, especially um, because you never know what the room's going to be like, but ultimately you get way more comfortable like with yourself and with your cadence and your voice. And that all tends to improve over time. So I know when you graduated from Northeastern, you moved out to LA originally because you were interested in writing for TV and you were doing comedy on the side, kind of like how you were doing that in Boston on the side. But after you got there, it kind of flipped and became the reverse and comedy was kind of the main thing. Tell me a little bit about that and what your first few months were like on the West Coast, figuring everything out and really starting to climb the comedy ladder out there. Yeah, totally. Again, I've always been a writer first in that that's what I did as a kid and was very into creative writing and humorous writing. And so stand-up seemed like a fun anecdote side project to that, which is sort of how I was treating it in Boston. I moved to LA exactly right because I was like, well, I want to write, but I need to make money. So TV writer, it is. I moved to LA, knew nobody. I mean, I had no contacts out here. uh, And so I initially signed up for a stand-up class kind of similarly, I I seem to lie to myself every time. Like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Um, Kind of as a joke. And also because I was like, oh, well, I do need to meet people. So surely this will be a good way to meet people while also improving this like skill set. And then very quickly, I mean, I did meet friends there that are still close friends here to this day, but I also was like, oh, that is when it really clicked that I really loved it and wanted to commit to it. And because of just the wealth of opportunities out here, I just started saying yes after that class to everybody who you know approached me and was like oh I have a show do you want to be on that show and then that's how your network grows you know Northeastern talks a lot about the importance of networking and it is very clear in comedy because that's what it is you go to shows people see you they invite you on their shows and it sort of grew from there so it sounds like to really get started in the comedy world, you need to network. And I think, I feel like a lot of people would assume that networking is finding someone on LinkedIn and yeah. reaching out to them. And, you know, <laughs> 
sending a, a sending this cold call style direct message but like no you can you can leave your house you can go do things and meet people in the wild even if it's someone that you know how you said you were kind of in a situation you moved there you didn't really know anyone but you went to classes and you started networking and meeting people like there's kind of no one right or wrong way to go about networking yeah in comedy it's you know networking is more like coming up to someone after their set and being like, yeah, I love that weird joke about your mom. My mom does the same thing. Um, so it's a little more informal, but like the path is there, uh, in terms of you do have to constantly be looking for opportunities. It's similar to networking. I'm sure a lot of people will feel where, you know, if you think of like classic business networking, where it's like, you've had a long day, do you really want to go to these after work events? If you force yourself to, you know, you'll make those connections. It's similar with comedy. Sometimes you just want to duck out at the end of the show because you're exhausted and it's 11 PM. But if you stick around and chat, that's where the opportunities are going to open up. And who would you say is your favorite comedian, either favorite, most influential, aspirational, or just like you think they are absolutely hilarious no matter what they put out? Who is that for you? Uh, Okay. Well, I have to give the number one spot to Conan O'Brien because I do think that he is why I am a, like he was my strongest influence growing up. And I say that because like, again, here I am like my whole life being like, I don't even really like this, but I used to come home and watch Conan's show every single day after camp, you know, uh, right when he was going from late night to TBS, I'd watch it every single day, like the entire show, not just the monologue. So him for sure. And then close second, I would say is Ali Wong. She is incredible, hugely inspiring to me. I feel like she gets stronger and stronger with every special, which is so difficult as a comic with her level of success. And yeah, so she would be close, close second. So I know that writing for TV is an interest of yours. And of course, you just said Conan is kind of the be all end all for you. I would (laughs) love to hear your take on the current writer strike that is going on as of this recording, at least, Um, you know, we can't predict the future. We don't have a crystal ball or we don't know when it will end. But for anyone out there listening, there is a writer's strike going on. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about it, your perspective, being in the field of writing. You're not a a member um, of the Guild, but being a writer, being LA-based, having those sort of aspirations and influence and everything, you know, I feel like kind of no matter what field you're in, it's always such a small world. So I'm, I'm sure you've had those experiences with what you're doing as well. But I would love if you could just provide some context for anyone who's not familiar on what's going on and then your your take on it all. Yeah, absolutely. So the Writers Guild is striking against the studios, you know, if you think of your Amazon, Paramount, Sony, and they're striking uh, for better pay, uh, you know, more consistent pay, I believe protection against AI as well. I'm not a member of the Guild yet. I certainly hope to be one day. You know, I would say that it is something obviously that I 100% support. It's so important for artists to be paid fairly for their work. And it's funny, you know, what I was even saying at the beginning where I was like, I was like, well, I want to make money writing. Boom, TV writer moving to LA. Even if that had been the path that I had initially um, taken, that's very optimistic of me to say. I do unfortunately have a lot of writer friends who the pay is incredibly inconsistent and the benefits that they receive just continue to get smaller and smaller. Everybody is looking to uh, reduce that bottom line. And unfortunately, writers have taken a lot of the hits. So I'm in full support of it and hope to 
one day be alongside them there, but it's very brave and strong, everybody who is participating in that. So very supportive of it. And, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, thank you for sharing that. So if a listener is in the LA area and they want to see you in person, or if they just want to follow along on social media and see what you're up to, what you're putting out there, where can they find you? So it's elkytomes.com and uh, my Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of that is at elkytomes. That's it. So you can follow me on all of those things, particularly Instagram and TikTok is where I'm the most active and shows I always post on my website. So Uh, especially if you're in in the LA area, uh, that's where you can find information. And if you're a Husky, please come up to me after the show. I always love meeting other Huskies. So awesome. So if anyone is listening, they are Husky. You're in LA, (laughs) go to the show, be Elkie in person. This is your opportunity. Um, So Elkie, because this is Northeastern next, I must ask what is next for you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got Uh, some shows here in LA this week. And uh, two weeks from now, I'm headed to New York for some shows, uh, visiting my sister as well. So very excited about that. And uh, hoping to uh, pick up some additional festivals this year. Awesome. That's really cool. I actually, I always think of festivals and that circuit as music. I didn't realize that that was also- Oh no, they can be comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I need to do some research about some near me. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's very similar. Um, except you're going to hear a variety of different comedians, but yeah, a hundred percent huge for us. That's a hundred percent better. I would love that. That's cool. (laughs) You know, depending on the festival, you can have the same experience of like, oh, I just heard this act. And then you go over to this table and you're like, oh, this person's talking about something completely different. It's a great way to just see like a huge variety of voices. That's so cool. Okay. I will be doing that this summer for sure. Oh, awesome. Um, Well, thanks so much, Elkie, for joining the show today and sharing your background and all about kind of the comedy world. This is really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for reaching out to me. I graduated literally five years ago this month. So this is really uh, awesome for me. So thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Northeastern Next. If this episode brought back some great memories, check out our Husky Starter page online to support current student endeavors or reach out to us via our email at alumni at northeastern.edu or on Instagram at northeastern underscore alumni to point us in the direction of a great story, either from you or a friend. And lastly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can hear a new episode in your feed every other Wednesday. Remember, once a Husky, always a Husky. See you the week after next. Thank you.